Hello and welcome to Ismay is a podcast. I am one of your hosts, Omar Lopez, and I'm joined with someone who delivers steamy hot buns. Jashimo. It's actually like one of the best jobs I've ever had. Hey, I ain't complaining. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this is our podcast where we talk about Josh's steamy hot buns and oh, we yeah. talk about an episode of SpongeBob and discuss little life lessons we can learn along the way and have some fun along the way as well. So. This week, we are watching Season 4, Episode 14, Bummer Vacation and Wigstruck. Act 1, Bummer Vacation. So, in this act, Mr. Krabs is distraught. Super, super distraught because the Fry Cook's union is threatening to fine him for not giving SpongeBob, the Fry Cook, his vacation time. So, SpongeBob is forced to take that vacation time, and he struggles the entire time with being away from the Krusty Krab. So to start things off, Josh, I wanted to ask you, is if you could replace SpongeBob while he's on vacation, how do you think you'd do with zero training? I don't know. I think I'd be do pretty well. I think that I like, personally, I like, don't try to like brag about it, but like, I think my cooking skills are like pretty okay that I would do a pretty good job like making a decent burger. I don't think it'd be good as SpongeBob's, but I definitely think I could make a decent burger based on it. Better than Patrick's and Squidward's? 100%. Like, Patrick had fucking patties all over his body. Like, I don't think I would do that. So That's where the flavor is. You don't cook your, your meat after rubbing it on your body? I don't want people to have Josh flavor. Like, I don't even know what that is. Like, I'm sorry for anyone who's ever tasted that. So. <laughs> I don't want people to have Josh flavor. Yeah. It's too It's too tangy. I mean, <laughs> uh, speaking of adult themes, um, why I feel like this season has had more adult themes than normal, like adult jokes, like a union. No, I think so, too. I, I definitely think so. Like union is definitely one of those things I wrote down as like as a kid, I would never understand what that is. Right. I never yeah. understand why SpongeBob has to go on vacation because of a union. But as an adult, like I super understand what a union is. I super understand like the like laws against like working so many hours and stuff like and you also understand that spongebob union is literally trash yeah right because <laughs> i just not to completely jump all the way to the end of the episode but when he pulls out that like basically a dime or a nickel or whatever where it's like this is the most like, i ever got paid yeah he's like, he's like this is more than i make in a year yeah. and i was like this union is horrific art garbage 100 <laughs> percent. but at least now it kind of makes sense like where like why spongebob would get some days off yeah because we're always talking about like why isn't he working but it seems like squidward's working or other things like that and maybe it's because this imaginary union that now exists which is this entire time he's been slowly getting used to getting vacation which is interesting like so like and that's like a topic like about vacation and stuff like what would you do like if you had the opportunity like to go on vacation based on a union like what would you do i don't know i'd be pretty pumped yeah, I've I've been blessed to have paid vacation days for a little bit, mm-hmm. but I always felt weird about taking them. I was a little bit like SpongeBob, uh, because I was like, first of all, I knew that I was gonna be quitting almost by the end of the year, and second of all, it was like, I don't know, I felt weird, but not coming in when I could come in, and not like using it for like actual vacation time where I could like go away for a while or. Uh, if I get sick and I need extra time, but I also didn't have so much vacation hours that it mattered. Yeah, it makes sense. I've, I've never had vacation time before, so that's what makes this act interesting to me. Is like, how how do you deal with that? Because for me, like my vacation time is the time between gigs, right? Where yeah. it's not it's not actual paid vacation. It's like I just don't have any work right now, so I don't know. It's not. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not the same. Like you have to treat it very differently, and that's like one of the small lessons I learned is like how do you treat that personal time? How do you treat your vacation time versus like your time away from work? I guess you know. Yeah, and I actually wrote that down as a, a kind of like a lesson is learn to exist outside of defining yourself by by work, mm-hmm. which uh, a lot of us are are experiencing right now for the first time. But I also think that people have known about themselves, but they haven't really had to deal with it. Um, I know sometimes Fatima uh, has a hard time like working, like being without work, without yeah. something to do. So, um, and it, it's it, I feel like it happens a lot more with people who are working in fields they very much enjoy. 
it's a very much a doy. It's like you're forced to. It's like I I, I don't like not to get into like somewhere any kind of like conspiracy theories, but like capitalist stuff like that. Like yeah, you're forced to basically like enjoy your job as much as possible. Like that's that yeah. is your enjoyment, right? That's where you get your mm-hmm. free, that's where you get your enjoyment. So like to to think about like where you get your passion or your free time or like any kind of like happiness outside of your job is hard to do sometimes you know mm-hmm. yeah because i mean so often i know it's it's a weird it's a weird thing because i feel like the older generation like the boomer generation is all like oh you're not supposed to like your work it doesn't yeah. matter if you like your work like that's what personal time is for right but then like the because of the millennial generation was raised under the idea that was like find something that you love that you're and passionate do that, about yeah. and you'll never work a day in your life <laughs> But it's still like it's still work it's because still, I mean yeah, there's no, still things I like doing that like sometimes like my mom will be like hey can you Photoshop this for for like your brother or whatever like I had to Photoshop his graduation cap and it still feels like work to do it even yeah. though I enjoy it like because it's lost its novelty for me well I mean, like to like do little like fun photoshops all the time I mean even even like real work like for me like designing shows and stuff like that as a lighting designer like. I'm very blessed to be able to do that free full time or was very mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever, but like, uh, that it, it is still like, it still feels like work to me. It doesn't feel like, like it is like a passion project, you know? So yeah. it, it's hard to like navigate that whole situation. Yeah. Cause I, I don't know. Like it said, it's, it's difficult to separate, especially if you enjoy your work from your hobbies. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I also, I put in the less, uh, like not in the lessons, but just one observation I had was I hate how pro work this entire episode is. Yeah. It's like SpongeBob can only get his happiness from work. And I'm like, this is, it's so rough and disgusting to watch. Cause I'm like, he's like addicted to it. And I do think it's funny though, how uh, Mr. Krabs gets rid of him though. <laughs> like takes him out into the <laughs> woods and throws his spatula yeah. like a stick. And just like leaves a dog. Him out in the wilderness. Yeah. Which also is another very dark joke. Like, like, leaving your dog out in the middle of the woods so that way it gets lost and never comes back again. Like, that's a very, like, adult theme in such a little, like, young kid show. 100%. And, like I said, this season's just been peppered with a lot of those little ones. I think so, yeah. And it's, it's just kind of crazy. Um, but I did, like, that brought up, like, a second thing. Like, do you, like, I think training's super important. Like, when SpongeBob comes back and he's like, you know, I have to train Patrick to, like, do this, like, well and stuff like i think that's important too like even if you're replacing someone i think it's important to like show them ropes and even like if someone's leaving like give them some extra time to like show the newcomer how to do however they're replacing them with you know yeah i mean it's maybe i was also thinking like what if mr krabs did show patrick like the bare bones like he was just like here's the grill put the patty on put the patty on the bun Put this on top. But as, a, as an unpaid inter- intern, which is what Patrick yeah. was, do you think it actually showed him how to do anything? Oh, no, definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> but I think, I don't know, maybe Patrick showed some prowess. We don't really know how Patrick got roped into this, besides that he's unpaid. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, like, Patrick's taste tasted a good Krabby Patty, so I would assume he knows how to at least discern whether the pa- Krabby Patties he's making are good or not. I would certainly hope so. <laughs> Uh, I was a little bit grossed out about when uh, SpongeBob was like, "My stomach has receded," when his whole and like, his, like body like shrivels up, shrivels up. Yeah, yo. But to be fair, like when I'm super hungry and like I forget, like sometimes I forget how to eat. Sometimes I'm like super busy or whatever, and that's how my body feels. I'm like, okay, <laughs> but it doesn't look like that. I hope. <laughs> I mean, it, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was also really confused about the meta joke. Mm-hmm. Where it's like the uh, the official Krusty Krab playset, and then he plays the playset using the playset. I wanted to talk about that. I definitely want to talk about that. So, do you think that's something that SpongeBob created, or do you think that's something that exists in the world of Bikini Bottom? I think that is, huh? I don't know. I like to think. I assumed that it was created in the world of Bikini Bottom. I don't think so. I think that this is something SpongeBob has created because he's so addicted to work and like his entire personality and life is so dedicated to the Krusty Krab and like being a fry cook that he mm-hmm. made this so he can exist out of work. I mean, to be like, and like, I think evidence shows like when he goes even like, it's like this, 
third level of Inception, right? <laughs> yeah. Where he has like a, a miniature of a miniature of the Krusty Krab inside this game that he's, uh, this <laughs> toy he's playing of another Krusty Krab. I just think that he has created this for himself so he doesn't ever feel like he's away from work, which is kind of sad. It's really, really sad. I don't know. Here's how I saw it. So I was like, if Mr. Krabs could make money off of a playset, would he? Yes. Is he also making money off of this playset um, and not giving SpongeBob or Squidward or anyone else in that playset um, residuals? And I would say, yes, he's keeping all the residues and saving all the money. <laughs> so that's why I think it exists in Bikini Bottom. But also, I was very curious and I was like, is there an official Krusty Krab playset? And I Googled it and uh, there is an official Krusty Krab playset. Is there really? It is worth, I looked it up on Amazon, it's $190, and no. I think it was like Fisher Price or something. Oh my god, is it a Lego set? No, it's like a Fisher Price, like, little plasticky. Okay. It comes with like a chum bucket and a Krusty Krab and everything like that. It's kind of cool, but it's uh, it's a collectible. I'm assuming it's older, so it's $190. I mean, if anyone wants to buy it. I would never drop $190 for that. If you do a- buy it, send us pictures of you. Does that mean that we're not true fans because we're not going to drop that money on that? Uh, I don't know. I think there's different <laughs> levels of fandom. Like you and I enjoy SpongeBob enough that we do a podcast every week, and we do it regardless of our schedules and our mental health. So we just go for it. Um, but I also don't think everyone could do that. That's fair. Yeah. But I also, <laughs> I mean, you and I walked around Comic Con and we didn't drop like eighty dollars per like single cell like animation frames, which looked very cool. No, but I was like, I don't know where I would hang this up. I, in my I was house. very proud about how the fact we restrained ourselves during Comic Con. That's a yeah. whole, that's a whole different discussion. Uh, <laughs> but uh, speaking of mental health, I want to talk about like SpongeBob in Patrick's house. That whole entire scene of like SpongeBob having that weird like <laughs> breakdown inside Patrick's yeah. house <laughs> it was like I couldn't even label it as a panic attack. I think it was no. like I don't know what I, it was. I had no idea what it was. <laughs> Mental break of some sort. Yeah. But like it's funny because I've heard that audio before. No, yeah. I, and I always assumed because there is audio. I think that's floating around the internet that I'm sure Nickelodeon doesn't want people to hear. It's how Tom Kenny came up with SpongeBob's voice where he was make he was basically the voice he made was like a little person during Christmas time. Oh. And I thought, I always thought any, every single time I heard that audio from this particular episode that it was somehow associated with that. Cause like he's talking about, he used to talk about, he's like, Oh, I used to like do the voice and I use that for SpongeBob. And obviously it was different times back then where, you know, uh, impersonating voices like that. It's like a, a little less, it was still bad, but it wasn't frowned upon as much. So I always assumed that audio was from there. And when I was listening to this part, I was like, oh my God, like <laughs> the audio I've been listening to in like random TikToks and other random little clips, I just thought was from that like other cursed audio that Nickelodeon doesn't want you to hear, but it's actually That's from nice. an actual SpongeBob episode. And we talked about this before, and like I think it was the uh, the Well episode where it's like there are like certain clips and like certain segments within episodes that are like really, really like I don't know, like memeable. I guess is the word for it. <laughs> yeah, and like iconic. Like iconic, you see yeah. like the frames, and you're like, okay, this has to be something that someone else would ca- like bring attention to. But the episode itself doesn't mean anything. Like for me, like I I don't remember this episode at all zero percent like but oh, yeah. I, I do remember that audio like i've seen i've heard that audio on the TikTok. audio and the frame yeah exactly but other than i don't and that it's it's just like kind of weird to hear because like I, I look back at like season three or one through three and i like when i look back at like audio or frames like i know what the episode i know what episode it is i know the context yeah. of it but here in season four i don't know it and that's what's yeah. kind of strange i guess yeah because when that happened i was like oh that's where this is from yeah and it's good because like you and I still haven't run into like the whole episode where he pretends to be a chicken or whatever. So like it'd be kind of fun to like see that like like be surprised by it, I guess. Yeah. It's nice being surprised by certain little things. I think so too. Yeah. That's what's kind of fun about watching these episodes without knowing like what's coming, like what's happening or anything like that. Like I don't know. We talked about like season four being like a new episode, like a new whole new experience for us. But like, yeah, it feels fresh. It feels fresh. And I kind of like that. I kind of like enjoy it a lot. Um, One other small lesson that I had was make more silly songs uh, because I see a lot of little kids do it all the time. They just like sing and they say random while they do it. And I do it sometimes. And 
it's really fun. And when Patrick was walking oh, Patrick down the street yeah. and he was just like <laughs> flipping Krabby Patties or whatever. And I was like, yeah. And it's kind of like SpongeBob's like, I'm ready mantra. Yeah, I think so. Like, too. you know. Yeah. Uh, and it's weird. Another note that I wrote down, that I think it's kind of weird is we haven't really heard SpongeBob say I'm ready very much. No. Which I think is funny because SpongeBob has always like when you think of SpongeBob's catchphrase, you think I'm ready. Yeah. But like you don't really hear it much. Even in the earlier episodes. No, I think like I we know. only really heard it that like the first episode when he's like, I'm ready to go to work or whatever. And like, yeah, the only other time I can like iconically think of something he said is when he's like, I'm ready depression or whatever. Yeah. Right. Right. The, the SpongeBob movie. But this one's like, I'm ready vacation. Right. I, yeah. I, I this one, I like, I actually was like, okay, I can see that. I can, I, I, I recognize this as like an iconic thing that he says. Yeah. We got to like trade those in. Yeah. When you're, whenever you're feeling I'm ready depression remember i'm ready vacation and it's bonus just, that's bonus lesson <laughs> there you go uh what are the like little lessons did you get from this i don't know that's pretty much it for me okay i i i put let's see let me look at my list i gotta like, like plan your vacations which is a big thing mm-hmm. i think a lot your of, vacation time yeah i, I think a lot of people like like i'm gonna go on vacation and don't really know what they're doing and like you gotta plan it like if you really want to have a good like good time and like whatever you gotta like think it out like you you just went to puerto rico recently and you like spent a little bit of time beforehand like thinking about what you want to do like yeah beforehand right so it was very relaxing and it was very much worth it right exactly and And it's the same thing with like going to disneyland like if you plan on going to disneyland like plan your trip out because if not like disneyland can be very fucking hectic if you don't like (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) and also plan what kind of like i would say less planning on what you are going to do unless like it is like a time constraint kind of situation yeah Plan more on what vibe you're going for. What experience you want. Yeah. 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 Like if Fatima had gone and I had gone to Puerto Rico thinking we're going to hike the entire island, then like that would be a completely different thing than what we did. Just get drunk the entire time. Another (laughs) small, yeah, it was a little bit closer to that. But um, another small lesson I have is just because you, and we kind of mentioned it was just because you like work doesn't mean you have to work yourself to death. Uh Um, And uh, it's good to stay away from work physically and mentally because he kind of mentions that in the episode where he's like he's like yeah i have to stay away from there physically and mentally and like you find his mind and i feel like it doesn't only just apply to work i think it should also apply to any type of escapism if you are going to use escapism as kind of like a coping mechanism for anything you should actually lean into it yeah i think so too yeah the like you're like i'm gonna play like six hours of video games just do it just go for it right why not (laughs) yeah the uh, last like little lesson I got from this is like uh, definitely pay your interns, and I think that's like a big thing for like I, I I've noticed this a lot more in a theater circumstance where like a lot of interns are like paid through like minimal housing or like maybe food and board, but that's it. Yeah, it's like no, like Mr. Krabs is like I have an unpaid intern. Like that's not I don't think that's acceptable in this day and age. Like you should be able to pay your intern and like give them the like I don't know like. At least the minimum wage. Minimum wage that they deserve, right? They're still working, yeah. so. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the argument people always make is the experience. So unless if your program is going to give them a fucking job at the end of this thing, I would say that, like, you should be at least paying the minimum wage. And even then, if you're if they're guaranteed a job at the end of this, maybe you should just hire them up. My mind experience. That's what college is for. <laughs> Time for this week's bubble break. Bubble break. All right. So I don't think we're going to jump on any kind of topic this week specifically for these episodes. We're taking a break from topics. Topics are like lame, right? <laughs> yeah, it's our vacation from topics. But I do think it's a good time to like really highlight the emails we've been getting. And specifically, our uh, our friend Jose has been emailing yeah, us. Yeah, we've been flooded with emails from everywhere around the world. But we love oh, Jose 100%. the most. He is the best. Um, and he has sent us three specific questions that we're going to try to answer during this bubble break. So are you ready for this? I am ready. Okay. So the first question is uh, from Jose. How old do you think that uh, Mr. Krabs and Plankton are? Yeah. And this is specifically about the episode where Plankton dates uh, Mr. Krabs' mom. And for us specifically, and for season four, that means uh, Enemy-in-Law and Mermaid Anne and Bardic Boy 6, their motion picture. So if you want some context, go ahead and listen to that episode. But these are what these questions are pertaining to. So uh, what is your prediction? How old do you think Mr. Krabs and Plankton are? I, I, I have Googled I, it with uh, weird accuracy. I don't know if it's actually accurate. Uh-huh. Uh, to me, like Mr. Krabs and Plankton never seemed that like 
super old to me. So I think to me, they're like late 40s, early 50s to me, you know? Got it. So I also uh, like thought that was the age range, but I Googled Mr. Krabs age and I got one person who seemed very knowledgeable. Uh, it says age 72. It says November 30th, 1942. 72? Yeah, I couldn't no, find it. No. I, I literally could not find it on the on the fandom wiki, which uh-huh. is our usual uh, source. Go to, yeah. But uh, this person says that they're a SpongeBob expert. Nah. But I also saw another, not again, not on the fandom wiki, but a completely different SpongeBob wiki, which apparently there's two. Um, that the second one we've been ignoring like crazy says that they're uh, Plankton's fifty nine, which for me feels closer. I fifty nine makes sense, but to me, I still think they're like maybe forty five, like forty, like forty seven, forty five, like episode, like uh, area to me, like makes. Yeah, sense we'll say me. in this timeline, in that timeline, he was about forty seven. I don't think that they would be like that old specifically. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I definitely think that that fifties range. So he was asking us because he he wants to gear up to another question, which I want to read uh, verbatim because I really like how he wrote it. <laughs> he said, "What do you think is the age difference between Plankton and Betsy? I mean, good for both of them for trying to find love outside of their age and species, but how old is too old? So there's the first thing: how old is too old between like age difference? And like, is Plankton forty and Betsy around seventy? Is that okay, or is there no such thing as too old? Maybe that's Plankton's thing: older women." I know y'all don't like to king shame, so more power to him. And that's right, Jose. We don't like to king shame. As you were saying. So if we're assuming that Plankton, we'll just say 45, um, how old do you think Betsy is compared to him? I would say that she's like 60, or like late 60s, early, like mid-60s, you know? Right. Yeah. So I, I feel that. I think 60 or 7. I think Jose's got a good uh, age range, for Plankton 40, Betsy around 70. Yeah. Do you think that 30-year age difference is too much? You know, I don't think it's that bad. I think that, like, in the age that we're living in right now, I don't think that... I try not to, like, judge people on age range based on, like, who they're dating and stuff, right? I think mm-hmm. if you would have asked me, like, 10 or, like, 15 years ago, I would have been more critical about that. But mm-hmm. I'm, like, a lot more open to the idea that people can date outside that age range for whatever reason that they want to, you know? I think But I, only so, going up. I feel like no, it's always up, weirder. Going up, yes, yes, I agree. Yeah. I, but I do think once you've hit a threshold, like I think the threshold, honestly, I think the threshold is like 30. I mean, to me, to me, it's really not based like once you're past 25, it's really based on maturity thing. Yeah. So it doesn't really be based on the age. It's really based on like who you would connect to maturity wise. Right. So if you're like 25 and you base like someone who's 35, like 10 years older than you, like it makes sense. That's fine. Like it doesn't make a huge difference. Like, I, I don't know. Like even my parents are like three or four years apart so it's not that mm-hmm. big of a difference like not that crazy but for me okay so here's the thing that always concerns me if a 70 or like 60 year old person feels that they're at the same maturity level as a 30 to 40 year old person i feel like that is a red flag your mileage may vary but i also just think like that might be like again it's it is like a maturity thing and i do think that like I think there's always a benefit for the older person. So that's why I always distrust it a little bit. I mean, I, I think so too, but I'm like in that situation, like, I guess I, I, I mean, there's probably a shitty way to think about it, but I'm like, who's using, <laughs> who's using who in that situation, right? Is mm-hmm. it, is it that the 30, 40 year old is using the 70, 60 year old or whatever, right? Um, and that's, I guess that's hard. I don't know. And maybe using is not the right word to use for that. I, I don't know. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, because that's, for, that's for me, assuming I've never, I've never been in a relationship like that big of an age difference, so I don't really know what it's like to be in that like something like that. Yeah, and I guess like we base up everything like this is a kind of like different power dynamic because you usually base off like it's usually an older guy dating a younger woman. Yeah, and not the other way around. And also like the whole species thing, we can't even get into that. Like, is there an age? Like, is it like cats and dogs where they age at like different paces right. than human right. beings? Right. <laughs> so. But like assuming that they have the same kind of like age range, it just I don't know. It's there's always like that subtext, like one is using the other. And like I don't know. I just though I think there should they should be weary. I again I don't want to king shame them because I do think that a younger person can get something, whether like I guess if you want to put a negative or positive connotation to that, 
out of an older person just the same way an older person can get something out of like a younger person but i guess to answer the question like what do you think asia i would say that it's, it's less than 20 years i would say that it's less than 20 years between plankton and betsy to be fair yeah yeah and i like we said we don't know if there is a too old i for me personally i think like if if it's more than like 10 to 20 but again it depends on the range like yeah if you're like a 60 versus an 80 year old i feel like your priorities are pretty similar except maybe the 80 or the 80 year old is planning for death a little bit sooner (laughs) but like like a 30 through 60 year old it's like completely different like you're about to enter retirement as a 60 year old and the 30 you're like you're gain, hopefully you're like getting your pr- gaining in your hopefully career you're to you know? your prime whatever it is yeah yeah your dirty 30s or whatever. dirty 30s oh <laughs> damn. all right okay that so, also transitioned us into the third part which is how freaking dirty is it that plankton tried to date his arch nemesis's mom which you kind of mentioned in the episode i think yeah and do you let it slide because they're looking for love and uh how would i feel if a friend or enemy of ours trying to uh date mom sister family member which is like so okay so, so if if you were to date my mom like how weird would it be do you think it'd be weird i think it'd be very weird yeah i think so too i think it'd be super weird i don't know i just i just think that there's like there are certain like um i don't even like relationship boundaries that you can't cross and like part of that is like dating someone's mom and yeah i don't know that's super awkward right and also like again it's the it's the age difference yeah i think is the weirdest thing because i think one we wouldn't be peers if I was like your mom's age. Right. Right. Or like, even like if your mom was closer to your age, you know? Um, but cause I also like one time I used to, in high school, I joked with my friend. Um, I had no interest in dating his sister, but I was just like, Oh, what would you do if I was going to date your sister? And then he was like, I'd, I'd be happy. Cause you're a good person. And I was like, wow, way to make my little like kind of joke, like feel like a thing. <laughs> <laughs> because i don't know like i again i I think it comes down to like again the age thing like if if i had a sister and josh wanted to date date her i don't think i would feel like that weird about it but then it would kind of be like having a bunch of close friends and like one of them decides to date the other person it's just like sometimes it works out and sometimes it's real messy yeah i think so too like it it just like it just i don't know you got to be careful with that kind of stuff you know but in the end, I mean, it comes down to your family member. Yeah. I mean, they're both uh, hopefully in this situation, grown adults who can make their own responsible decisions. Well, exactly. So. Like, how much do you interject, like, for Mr. Krabs in this whole situation that, like, Jose is talking about? Like, how much does he, like, have to, like, intervene between Plankton and Betsy, right? Like, yeah. if if he, does he really care that much that his mom is dating, like, his arch enemy? Like, does he intervene? Like I, I don't, I don't know. I if, think you're if, if my mom, obligation. If my mom was dating someone who is like closer to like my age, I don't know if I would say anything. I don't know. Yeah, like here's a perfect example. So my aunt is dating someone who's closer to my age than her age, uh-huh. and for me, I'm like again, I go back to phases in life, maturity, whatever. Um, so for me, I'd feel like uncomfortable if. I was that age dating younger or the other way around. But I also d- haven't said anything or give a f- because it's not my f- relationship. To right. Deal with. But I also do think like there is an obligation if you are a family member or, you know, related or really close friend to a person who's making like a huge dating choice like that to voice your opinion once. No, Nothing just, crazy. It, just no. be like, and Mr. Krebs is coming, always coming from like a place of, you can't trust Plankton because I know Plankton. Well, I, I think even, like, not even family members, but, like, friends and stuff like, always express, like, interest or, like, concern about who you're dating, right? If you're, like, starting to date someone, you're like, all right, like, this is my opinion about someone. Like, I've I definitely had friends in the past who are like, who do you think about this person while they're dating someone? And I'm like, okay, let me give you my opinion. It's like, not that you should base your entire relationship about my opinion, but, like, I think people really yeah. value how their friends and like close relationships feel about this person because like eventually they want to incorporate this person into their life right but it's also like that weird like thing that a lot of people don't talk about is like having ownership for people like you again you don't make their choices you unfortunately can't make all these other people's choices because i've definitely had some friends where i'm like 
I would not date this person, but okay, you can do it. Yeah. Go go for it. Like it's not it's not again. Just like just like in my personal like life, I'm like it's not my relationship, it's not my problem. Like unless they're unless they're a danger to them, but right. Again, you just got to well, play it's, it's, you, as it you is. can't you can't just like dictate someone else's life to them. Like as much as you want to, it's just like they have to learn the lessons for themselves, right? It's like this podcast, Jose. We just give out the advice, and if people listen, they listen. If That's not, it. then you know. And maybe they listen, and it's bad advice. Who knows? But more emails like Jose's will let us know. So all of you, if you are feeling so inclined uh, with your free time, send us an email. Um, I will repeat it at the very end of the podcast. But Ismain is a podcast at gmail dot com is the best way to reach us. Um, also, Jose put a nice little note in here that says. Um, it was nice to hear your guys's voice. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just like what we do. This is just like, I think it's, it's good to like, feel like, I mean, we we're talking about that the, in the last episode, like the main thing that we're hoping for is like community. Right. And like, yeah, these kind of emails is really what we're hoping for. It's just like interaction and stuff. So if you got any questions or any kind of like reactions to anything we're saying, like go ahead and send it to us and maybe we'll talk about it. Like exactly like this, you know? Yeah. Sometimes, Sometimes it takes the pressure off of us to think of something for the bubble break. Which so it helps. It's a lot of pressure, to be fair. It's, it's tons. <laughs> it's tons. The the amount of hate mail we get when we don't come up with a good bubble you break. You don't understand topic. how it's awful just, it's... it is. <laughs> Act two. Wig struck. So, uh, a band comes in town on their tour bus, and the band is uh, Ned and the Needlefish. And one of their med their uh, main singer Ned loses his wig, and SpongeBob ends up catching it. And of course, like SpongeBob, uh, goes to extreme and like has causes a lot of shenanigans because of the wig. Um, but eventually, uh, Ned gets the wig back, and SpongeBob learns to like live without the wig. So I wanted to ask you, Omar, if you could like rock a wig of any kind, any kind of new hairstyle that you possibly think of, what would you do? Okay, so this is a little bit warning quarantine content. I have been playing with the idea of if I get so insane, I might just try to shave my head into a mohawk. Oh, man. Because I've always wanted to do it, and it'd be like a good excuse do it. to do it. Do it. I think you should do it. Um, Talk to me in a month, and we'll see. <laughs> um, Because I do think that changing your hair drastically is a sign of uh, deteriorating mental health. 100%. Um, coming back into normal episode stuff. Um, I definitely do think like it'd be fun. I really like the idea of having long hair. Yeah, I've always liked the idea of having long hair. When I tried to grow long hair, I thought it would be fun, and it didn't ever turn out the way it was. Um, my dad used to have this wig, and I don't know what happened with it. I don't know if he lent it to someone or if it was me that lost it. <laughs> and if it was me that lost it, I I I feel bad. I still feel bad, even though I'm not entirely sure if it was me or not. Um, he used to have like this very '80s, like I think it was like an Elvira wig. But he used to use it all the time whenever he did like 80s hair metal, like Halloween costume that he default to. And I loved it. I I like I wore it like once for like a spirit week. Uh, and I was like, man, if I had hair like this, like what kind of person would I be? <laughs> a member of Motley Crue jugged out like on heroin or some shit. But it was really, it's really fun. So I think if I would have like crazy hair, like a wig, I think it would be like it has to be big, you know? You have to have fun with I it. I think that's, and that's like kind of what the episode talks about, right? I mean, like, Ned and, like, the needlefish, like, his wig is, like, a big, like, what was 1800s, 1700s, like, big fancy wig, right? So Yeah, that powdered wig Yeah, stuff. exactly. Like, if you're going to do it, like, why not go out all over the top, right? Yeah. Um, I was really, really surprised how oblivious SpongeBob was this episode. Like, they wrote him more oblivious than I've ever seen him before. I mean, the fact that he was, like, putting hair in the Krabby Patties was, like, crazy. Disgusting. Disgusting to me. And, like, I don't think that a normal, like, normal SpongeBob would ever, like, think that's okay. The fact that he can, like, have a wig that got hair and, like, contaminated that, like... The- also had f***ing spiders in it. It had whatever. What, what, were they, what did he say? They said parasites. Parasites. Yeah, exactly. And then Patrick thought it was an alien. Everything... This... Uh, this whole episode is a little bit weird. Like we do th- think it's a definitely a filler feel. Oh, hundred kind of percent. I never, I didn't think it had anything to do with the story. It was definitely a filler episode. Yeah, like it just feels so random. Um, but like the stuff that happens, like Patrick, like they stuck like every joke within like the 
first three seconds with Patrick. They just Patrick beats the crap out of SpongeBob, thinking it's an alien, which I actually put as a small lesson: is don't be violent to aliens. Because if there's an alien on our planet, they definitely have technology better than us. So do not be violent. Oh, hundred percent. Unless you are defending yourself, obviously. But even then, you and, won't be able to defeat the aliens. Yeah, exactly. So you don't even try. Yeah. Um. Then the other thing is like he literally ate it because he thought it was wearable cotton candy. Which is another question I had for you was cotton candy wear on your head? Would you do it? I think so. I think if it was like a hat, I think so. You I mean, wear the hat and then you just like pick it an, off. An like. edible hat. I mean, I've always like thought of the idea of like there's a lot of like like fruit or vegetable hats that already exist out there. Like you have hats mm-hmm. that include like that, and then you can like pick something off that. I really like the idea of that. So the idea that I have would be good at a novelty place. Yeah, and I have like a cotton candy hat. I would. I would. Do oh, that. at our knickknack shop, we'll add it to our knickknack shop. Oh, cotton candy like mayonnaise jar that you can wear on your head. Yes, you wear it, and then the mayonnaise done, is all done, like done. fluffed in. Boom! Hell yeah! <laughs> Copyright, trademark, copyright, trademark, <laughs> patent. I don't know what it is, but we uh, have it. Um, I wanted to like check in with you. Um, so one of the strangest thing that Patrick does in this episode to me, like, there's a lot of like strange things that happens in this episode, but the strangest thing he does is like he like soaks himself in a condiment, and like it is like a, a treat yourself situation. So. Mm-hmm. Is that is that something you would do? Do you think there's a condiment that you would treat yourself like that you would like soak yourself in? I could be very wrong, but or my memory could just be misleading me. But I do think that there's some people who use mayonnaise as some type of moisturizing thing. I mean, mayonnaise is definitely like a, a hair moisturizer. Like I, I've definitely seen like because I've looked into like different. Boom! Another knickknack for our shop. There you go. <laughs> you want some? You want some uh, hair conditioner? We got some mayonnaise for you. Yeah. <laughs> But it's aioli. It's aioli. <laughs> it's got some lavender in it. It smells real good. It's fine. <laughs> no, so like I guess that um, I you could argue that the mustard is good. I've heard like mustard is good for burns, which a lot of people I've say never it's heard not of actually. That. Really? Uh, every like uh, every time I've gotten a burn, people are like put some mustard on it. But it actually, I looked it up, and what no, it actually does is it's. I've cold. never heard of that. I, I don't believe I definitely, that. Mm-mm. If you have heard of it, please let us know. If you haven't, also please let us know. We're gonna do a poll. <laughs> maybe i don't know we'll find out uh we did that seedless cucumber poll kind yeah. of thing, so. um but no like i actually googled it and it's just because the mustard's usually in the fridge so it's cold and that's probably what's better for the burn not actually the mustard but i figured maybe like the spices in there might do something i guess so i mean like out of all the condiments i've ever taken a bath in like i feel like ketchup might be something i take a bath in right because people take a mm-hmm. bath in like tomato sauce or whatever or like yeah. if you get like like sprayed on by a skunk like you take a bath in tomato sauce but i also feel like tomatoes in general have like i would defend mayonnaise only because it has usually has oil in it and if it's like some fat mayonnaise with olive oil i feel like that would be good for you somehow Hmm. because i know some people use olive oil as like kind of like a lubricant like lotion situation what about dressing like what dressing would you dip yourself in none they all seem too uh astringent for skin i don't know about that like have you ever had like italian dressing yeah like a vinaigrette like i do like that sounds painful i don't know maybe maybe a buttermilk like a buttermilk yeah or like a blue cheese and i don't i don't think i don't think anyone want that i want that (laughs) um okay so there's we always talk about this but especially last week's episode (laughs) and this week's uh, episode i want to tell you how crazy it is that how spongebob has lined up with my life uh-huh all right when they go into the movie theater they pass a poster and on that poster it says my hair lady literally at the D at our D group uh dan recommended that jose watch my, my fair, fair lady, lady. Yep. yep so that's one thing second thing this whole episode is about wigs mm-hmm. i did not watch this episode until like two to three hours before we recorded yeah during my little happy hour with my work colleagues i was so bored um i was digging through my desk and i pulled out my wig and i wore it during the zoom call as a little did you really <laughs> and i did wear it i was wearing it because i have a cocoa wig in my desk from our oh, cocoa that's right. outfits. Yeah. and i put it on my head and i was talking to my boss and i was like do you think like I would appreciate this if i was on like a a call with them and and we were talking about if anyone would actually like say anything or they would just assume that i like look like that all the time 
Um, because the wig, like you can't really tell, uh, like unless I move it past my ears, yeah. like I have anything on, it just looks like your hair, really weird gray hair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but that was two things like perfectly lined up. And again, I had no, like I, I used to look ahead to see what episodes are coming up or sometimes I would even look ahead just so that way we can have guests on. But this is like, again, another weird moment. Where we literally just talked about my fair lady. It's just, it's, and we're talking about wigs. It's meant to be. This exact this episode. It's meant to be. It's SpongeBob. This is where the universe has put us. Hundred percent. Um, but I, I think that's interesting though. Like, I don't know. I feel like wigs were such a big thing in the past, right? That like people wear wigs all the time. Like, I don't know. I wouldn't mind wearing a wig all the time. I'm not super. I'm not super satisfied with my hair. Like, I would. Well, mind. that's what I was gonna ask because I was like, how do you feel about wigs? Because I feel like okay, especially like, um. Definitely in the black community, yeah, women wear like they were constantly wearing weaves or some like, sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's part of the norm. Yeah, right. And I feel like every time you see wigs or like toupees in like uh, mainstream, it's always they're always being made fun of. Yeah. Um, and like I feel like now fashion too, because we decide to like appropriate from black culture, like a lot of celebrities are wearing wigs now too, just cause they can have blue hair, pink hair or whatever. Um, and then especially being in animal crossing, like I'm constantly wearing like a completely different outfit all the time and different hairstyles or whatever. But like, I wonder why like men don't wear wigs more. Often. I feel like it's, it, it's something that might be coming up. I feel like it's something that is in the future that we might be doing that more. I feel like, cause in the past, like people were wearing wigs all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like, there isn't, I feel like for men, especially, there isn't any kind of crazy hairstyles we can possibly do. Like, the most crazy hairstyle I can think of for a man is, like, a man bun right now, right? Yeah. And even that, it's not super insane, right? And I also feel like it's so much harder to fake a short wig. Right, yeah. Like, I feel like long hair, especially if it's, like, a real actual, like, actual hair, like, a good wig is supposed to be made out of, yeah. like, it's more convincing. But, like, you take, like, a really bald guy and you put, like, a little patch of hair to cover his baldness. It's, like, never. I don't think it's ever going to match. But I could be wrong. I, someone could be walking around with a wig and I don't even know. I don't know. I guess it would be interesting to see how, like, how fashion trends shift in the future towards that kind of stuff. Because I do think that we're in a time where, like, especially, like, I, and I wrote that down, like, don't, like, specifically, like, even with wigs or, like, what people are wearing, like, don't judge people based on, like, if they want to wear like different like clothes based on gender stereotypes, like you shouldn't, yeah. you shouldn't judge it based on that. But even like wigs and stuff, like I think we're in a time where you can wear whatever the fuck you want. Like if you want to wear like a long wig, if you want to wear like a skirt, if you're a male, like you could go for it. Like it's fine. Like it is the time to kind of do that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. I also put that as a small listener. If you like the way you look, you should not care what other people think. Yeah. And I also put wigs, wigs can be fun. Yeah. I like having long hair when I have a wig. I can, Twirl it around and I mean I have long hair right now, but that's because I haven't had a haircut in like three months. But <laughs> yeah, y- you all can't see it, but uh, Josh's hair is like all the way down as it's glowing. <laughs> yeah, it covers his nipples tastefully and everything. That was Rapunzel. Someone can climb it up. <laughs> hey, yo, girl, can you climb my hey, hair? Hey, yo, girl. <laughs> um. Uh. So one th- small thing before we do small lessons, mm. if you have any extra, but I wanted to know is. If everyone made fun of you behind your back and you were oblivious to it, would you be okay with that? Slash, would you be happy with everyone making fun of you if that meant that they were happy? That's a huge part of this entire episode, right? I mean, yeah. like, SpongeBob is, I don't, I don't know what to say oblivious, but, like, he just doesn't. When he does find out, he stops. He doesn't, he doesn't care. care. I, I, I don't know if I am that confident as a person to mm-hmm. know to do that, right? I know there's times in high school, in like college and high school, um, even now when people like mention things, they're like, oh, you're doing this. Like, that's kind of weird or whatever. And I've, yeah. and I've stopped doing that. Like, I was, I don't know. I remember specifically like wearing mixed patterns, for instance. Like, I didn't. Oh, really? I don't know fashion. Like, I was wearing like a fucking plaid and like, I don't, I don't even know what the fuck it was. Oh, patterns on patterns. Patterns on patterns. Yeah. And like, I didn't, I didn't know. And like, someone would call it out. And I'm like, okay, like, maybe I shouldn't be doing that. Like, also, like, what is thing to do? Like, just let people dress how they dress. I guess so. But like, I guess that's another question I got is like, as a friend, like, 
at what point do you call it out right what point do you be like hey like maybe maybe you should like be thinking more consciously about like how you look and stuff because like when i when i look back at it and like on the patterns and patterns thing i was like yeah that's kind of ridiculous that you were doing that right i don't know for my for i myself, don't know like no, for, my, for uh, me it's like with the wig thing you know it's like what if patterns on patterns is the future like i think of like i think of the emo and scene kid phases right like those people were dressing like that before other people were and then suddenly it's like okay now we're all dressing that way i guess and i still think of like my goth friend like i had a goth friend always wear black pants always had all the chains and everything emo music got popular they fit right in suddenly you know i guess so but I, but, but like even then like i don't know it's like it's it's just looking out for people like i don't know mm-hmm. like for me like our intern fatima like was the first person to tell me like you should get like a haircut that isn't like you having the same bang bull that you had for all your life and like i finally did it call her out no it, it call her out in a good way because <laughs> <laughs> the first time we've ever called her out in a good way but whatever <laughs> but it, it's just one of those things is like sometimes you just need someone to mention like you need to try something different to realize like maybe it is a good thing to try something different you know try a different style or whatever so any small lessons uh like treat yourself to spa day like i mean patrick like douse themselves in mustard and like sometimes you gotta just do that either you gotta take like a bubble bath with like whatever like bull crap you have in the bubble bath like some essential oil or whatever but like it is important for you to feel comfortable or feel like rejuvenated i guess right definitely um one small thing i had which we kind of touched on that on the band was being in a band should be about making music not making money yep i understand music execs need to but also fun fact so in like the open, the whole band is literally like three people. So it's D. Bradley Baker is doing like the voice of like two different people, and Tom Kenny is also the voice of the the executive, and Ned, for Ned. Oh, and I the didn't Needle know that. Fish. So like basically, oh, and uh, Roger Bumpass, the voice of Squidward, is also in part of that group. So I think it's just funny because like there's a literally a scene where Tom Kenny is just saying lines to himself where he's talking to Ned, and it's just I don't know. I just thought it was a nice little fun oh, see, fact. Sometimes I'll like I think, look I at think the that's little funny voice as actors. a voice actor to like you you literally have to talk to yourself on and off like at <laughs> in that job, yeah. right? And like I wonder who they what they record first. Do they record both at the same time where they're like, okay, I'm gonna this is the line for whatever, or does he hear like playbacks of his own voice like back to himself? I don't know. Oh. It was just fun little uh, tidbit. Yeah. Um, the other thing I got is like fads come and go. And like for this, it's like uh, every everyone is making fun of SpongeBob for wearing a wig, right? But then everyone wears a wig at the end. It's like, um, and I've seen that. Like I don't know. For me, like a big thing is like flannel, right? A lot of people don't wear mm-hmm. flannel for a long time, and then they started wearing flannel, and people wear it. I don't know. It's just like fl- you got to be very conscious. I, not conscious. I guess it got to be like I don't know how to how to say it. You just gotta like the way you. Yeah, look, exactly. I feel. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, Spongebob was very comfortable with the way he was with the wig, right? It doesn't matter if everyone else liked it, like, despite it was a fad or not, like, if you're comfortable, it's it's what makes you happy, right? Time for the Wumbo lesson. Wumbo lesson. All right. All right. So, um, for my Wumbo lesson, uh-huh. it's, uh, again, not a very dense episode, not a lot of nuggets to pull out of here. No, I definitely but, agree. Uh, yeah. And this might be, like, a repeat. But I put be persistent with the things you think are important. Okay. Because I feel like in Act One, you know, uh, SpongeBob really liked going to work, and I feel like you could apply that to other things. But he was persistent about working there, and he ended up getting his way anyways. Um, even though I don't really know how much time passed between his day off or whatever, because it all felt like almost the exact same day. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe one night, one whole day passed by. And in the second half, he's like, SpongeBob just liked his his wig. Yeah. And he was persistent about it. Same with Ned. He liked the wig and he was persistent about it. But he's famous, so he can set trends, but No, I think it's it's important to be persistent about like what you enjoy. Like I think uh I've seen so many times where like people get caught up in like the fads and like what's happening on like uh any kind of social media or whatever, and then like I'm gonna dress like that or I'm gonna act like that and like I don't know if that doesn't fit your style, then you got to be persistent at what you enjoy, right? Yeah, and I also see it like now. There's so many like '90s colors and like mm-hmm. styles that are coming. Maybe back. '90s, um, '80s, like '80s is a big thing yeah. that's coming back right now too. You know? Yeah. 
But I'm not fashionable, so don't don't ask me anything. I I like just wearing graphic tees. So when those come back, thank the what Lord. What are you talking about? Look at that. Look at that. All the fashion you're wearing right now. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, so what'd you get? I got uh, Think Outside the Box. I think that's a big thing for this episode. Uh, for mm-hmm. the first part is like, for vacations, like, instead of thinking, like, I'm going to stay indoors and, like, for SpongeBob, he's like, I'm going to do all these, like, basic chores or whatever. Like, think outside mm-hmm. the box. If you got vacation time, go do something big, right? Go enjoy your time because, like, when are, when are you going to get that paid vacation time any other time in your life, right? Um, And then for the second part, like, think out, like, he had this wig, like, this rig ridiculous wig, like, go big go like go crazy like if you want to do these like big yeah. fashion things like you should just fucking do it right um and like i'm not confident enough to kind of do that kind of stuff but i know that there are definitely people out there who like just go against like the social norm of like i'm gonna dress differently than everyone else says and like people they get a lot of compliments based on that and i like really like admire that kind of stuff you know hey that happened to me in high school yeah in high school i was literally like i was hanging out with all these emo kids so we i literally would just I, my entire closet used to just be all black it would just be graphic band tees and stuff like that and then i strayed from the pack and i started wearing a co- every now and then like colorful stuff and now that's basically exclusively what i wear like it's a lot harder for me uh to to wear black uh in like public yeah because a lot of my black stuff is just like graphic tees so it's not appropriate for work but either way but i'm just saying like it worked for me then I'm sure it would work for me now if I strayed I mean, from the it. from the pack a little and bit. For anyone now, right? Just like try something different. I think that like I mean, especially right now, like not that yeah. or like in any kind of like special time, but I think that everyone's so very open minded right now that no matter what you try to do or try what you wear, like I think people are very receptive, like, oh like I'm gonna try it. Like I think that you're doing something cool. Like I think that you're It's an accomplishment to wear jeans right now. So Right, exactly. Right, exactly. So all right, so thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you want to send us anything like comments, suggestions, a nice email like Jose sent us, you can reach out to us on ismazapodcast.com or you can email us at ismazapodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your wonderful podcasts and other audio media. And of course, finally, but last but not least, is Share with all your friends and your enemies, especially your enemies. Especially because if because if they hate you, they'll hate us. They too. know that you like it. Maybe they'll they'll listen to us to hate on us, but then end up like listen. Us. Like literally, a hate listen is the best we can get. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> it still counts as a stream, hundred percent. So, and if they hate subscribe, I'll take that even more. Straight. <laughs> I need to get those metrics up. Or else we won't get any me undies sponsorships. I mean, we'll see. And Josh has no underwear left. He's pooped on all of them. I mean, it's become a real problem lately. So, <laughs> oh well, I think I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna take a like I'm gonna treat myself a little bit, you know. Oh, what are you gonna do? I think I'm gonna dip myself in some uh some condiments. Ooh, condiments sounds luxurious. It is, you know, like I never thought like like taking an entire bath of tartar sauce would be luxurious but like you never know like it is the most common experience you've ever had in your life 